Welcome, welcome, welcome to a football show on this gorgeous Monday afternoon. He is Zach. I am Braden. We are live here at the Pharmacy in East Nashville on McFerrin Avenue because it is a gorgeous, gorgeous afternoon. Now, first, we've got a lot of stuff to get to today on the show. What did the Super Bowl teach us about your Tennessee Titans? Of course, at quarterback, in the offseason, roster management, the strategies, the plans, Rand Carthon's job now moving forward. Was it a bad call at the end of the game? Is is Patrick Mahomes the GOAT? We've got all kinds of stuff to discuss about the Super Bowl, not just the game, but also how it pertains and ties in to the Tennessee Titans' future moving forward. Um, however, we got a cheers to the end of the football season. Do we cheers to that? I mean, this is more like a sorrow, sorrow cheers. Uh, no it's more like football a, games. It's like a cheers at a wake. <laughs> no more football games for until like August. So cheers. Got a, me a nice pharmacy pilsner. You got a Blanche de Liege. Blanche de Liege. There we go. These are delicious. You can only get these at the pharmacy, I think. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm just promising that no matter what. Uh, Blanche de Liege, named after Golden Girl. Blanche. There, there you go. Uh, again, come out to the pharmacy. Get yourself a burger. It's a gorgeous day. The weather's getting nice, nicer it's every perfect day. weather. It is absolutely fantastic. Did, did winter even happen? It feels like it, we had like four weeks of winning. I'm we're, we're both wearing shorts, and I'm wearing a T-shirt, and it's in February. The yeah. Super Bowl just happened. But you also have hangover fever going on, so you're just naturally hot right now. I, I wasn't I wasn't going to mention that, Zach, <laughs> on the show, that I'm questionable for the rest of the product. This one right here will make it all better, though. Yeah. <laughs> the hair of the dog here. The, uh, the, uh, the Blanche de Liege. The Blanche de Liege. The Blanche de Liege, and of course, pharmacy the uh, pharmacy pills that you can only get here at pharmacy mm-hmm. because it's the pharmacy, pharmacy pilsner. From Bearded Iris, of course, a locally sourced brewery here in, in Nashville. Look at all um, these people so out here. So many people out here. So, again, lots to discuss on what did the Super Bowl teach us about acquiring quarterbacks. Titans are, could be in the market for that either this year, but definitely in the future. About building the roster, about what it takes to win a Super Bowl, how close are the Titans in terms of what we saw last night and, and what we see from the Tennessee Titans. So a lot of stuff to get to. A couple of uh, college football notes at the end because some big news in the SEC with Texas and Oklahoma officially joining a year early. So we'll we got a lot of stuff to to do, but I just wanted to quickly touch on the game itself, which I thought was was spectacular. And of course, the great game. I thought it was an, an amazing game. And back and I forth, got I got really worried when Patrick Mahomes went down. I was like, well, this, I may be turning this shit off. <laughs> well, but, but, and that's and what's crazy is that that's after the injury. That's when he turned into yeah. this magician. And they go touchdown, 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 game-winning field goal. Just zero sacks, zero penalties. Great. A great football game. Now, of course, you throw that out on Twitter, and I immediately just get nothing but people responding about the officiating. Now, officials have not been great. I think Roger Goodell is like lying through his teeth when he tries to tell us yeah. that the officials are great right now. They, they have not been good. But I, what did you make of the call? What did you make of the, the right holding call? call? The guy held him. I don't yeah. know why people are freaking out He about. even said, I was hoping to get away with it. <laughs> like, hello, that the, just because you're angry that it happened in the final two minutes of a game and you think it changed everything, when in reality, that's on the player. It's not on the refs. I thought the refs called a really good yeah. game. This was probably the best officiated game I've seen, not only just this year, but I think in one of the mo- best officiated crews in the Super Bowl. How, how do you feel? And this goes across all sports. Yeah. How do you feel? Basketball and championship settings, Final Four, NBA Finals. You know, baseball, I guess, I don't know what the equivalent would be in baseball because everything is sort of, um, it, it, you know, strikes and balls can't be argued, but then right. the outs and everything are, are reviewed. So I'm curious what you make of sort of the, the the put the whistle in the pocket in the big moment of the big game, because I think there's two lines of thinking, right? One of them is it's it, it's cut and dry. You call it in week one in the first quarter and you call it the same in, in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Or do you like the hockey analogy of like let them be physical let them play let them go well, let the players i think decide they it. did that for for the most part i mean 
I thought for sure that when I believe it was Legarius Sneed who laid the big hit on Devontae Smith at the beginning of the game, I was like, well, that guy's getting ejected. It hit him in the head. It yeah. hit him right in the head. Yep. And first off, he didn't even have to. I think he came out for a leg injury, but he didn't come out for a head injury. And I was surprised that that guy did not get ejected or flagged. And I thought, okay, well, they're going to let him play. Yep. Now, there was a missed call on Juju Smith earlier in the game before this holding call that everybody's up in arms are that should have been called, and it didn't. To me, it's... Win some, you lose some. Yeah, I mean, like, there's there's so much that happens in a play that's bang-bang. There's so much that happens um, that you may be out of position for just by chance. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, a referee yeah. may be out of position. And he kind of did it twice. Right. Too. There was like a, there's like a hold and then like another mini hold yeah. after that. Like, he did it. He said he On did it. Route. It's it's different <laughs> if he said if he was complaining about it, but he took ownership of it. So why yeah, are yeah. you getting mad yeah. over first off? Why are you a Titans fan or Titans <laughs> analyst getting mad? Well, I, there might and have been second some off, fans in the Menchies. Well, yeah, know. but I mean, but second off, I mean, I'm just saying I saw a lot of. Of course, yeah, yeah, the contrarian yeah, takes yeah, have yeah, to come yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. second off, why why are you mad for someone that obviously is taking responsibility for yeah. it? I, I think also like on a double move play, play like that where he's clearly running that that out and in route or that in and out route where he comes in and then he fakes and he goes back up and then it's a wheel. The, 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 it's clear that he held him because he got beat on the route, which is the design of the route, and therefore you get the call. I, I know again, do I wish it wasn't a, a huge part of the game? They probably still could kick a field goal and win the yeah. game. So, I mean, like, is it, is it a huge? I think I think fans naturally, Eagles fans are making it a huge part of the game. I don't think, from an objective standpoint, it is a huge part of the game. I think it happened in a in a in opportune in opportune time. But if that would have happened in the second quarter, we wouldn't even be talking no, about it, yeah. right? I mean, like it's a holding call is a holding call, no matter yeah. what the quarter is, no matter what moment it is. And guess what? He did it. Like, and don't end a story. And here's the other thing I say to every fan base, Titans, everybody else: the officials don't cost you games. You run 160 plays in a football game. You have 159 other they opportunities had to make plays. Eleven more minutes yes. in time of possession. Yes. Then the Kansas City Chiefs and only managed to score 11 points in the second half, three points in the third quarter. A historically, all season long, terrible yep. second half team on offense was, guess what? Terrible in the second half. <laughs> Stunner. Stunner that a better team was able to take advantage of a worse team. Or don't fumble the football. I don't know. Like, I, yeah. I, you know, there's, there's, yeah. a, there's a million plays. I don't like blaming kickers or officials for games. Well, I mean, this have, is, of course, know. I you know, our timeline is mainly a cross section of Tennessee volunteer fans, and that is their national pastime, blaming <laughs> officials for everything that's gone wrong. Or blaming everyone else yeah. instead of looking at themselves. Uh, here's the other one that I've gotten a lot recently, and one of the, my buddies texted me this, and I and I kind of, I don't love like the GOAT conversations. Like, I think the, the LeBron Jordan thing is so There's, tired. They're GOATs of an era, right? Like, yeah. a GOATs of a generation. Yeah, like, like isn't, just, isn't Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and LeBron James all kind of a different generation's GOAT? Yeah, and, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, like I don't that's just how I view like it. people think Brady is the greatest of all time. You can't even argue about that. And I'm like, I could argue that. I mean, he we should be in the just... he should be in the but he should be in the Hall of Fame like today. Yeah. Like we, just go ahead and put him in. Right, right. I, I'm with that right. right there. I'm not with Taylor Lewan's little we should retire twelve on every team. Like well, that. I just don't understand like I guess if you're a fan of a of a player who you love, especially if you yeah. grew up with them and they came up in your formative years. And you just love a guy so much or a girl so much that like this is the greatest person of all time, and you want to argue about that with everybody at sports bars all over the place or at the pharmacy. Um, I, I guess to have at it. I don't. I don't find a lot of like 
joy or resolution out of it. But I did. Because there was, is no resolution. Right, You're never going right. to convince Johnny if, Unitas was. If the I was who, a, who if knows? I was a Michael Jordan uh, goat believer, which I am, I am but, also. But if you were LeBron James, we would argue for hours. We'd never in have an circles. <laughs> And nobody would change their mind. So, I will never convince you to come to my side. You'll never no. convince me to come to your side. Uh, so with that in mind, somebody said, could you already call Patrick Mahomes the GOAT right now? And I, and my initial thought, my initial response was, I don't really like these arguments. <laughs> but number two, he's on track. He, You can't claim GOAT status or even be in the conversation for GOAT until your career is over and we and we see some well, longevity. Well, longevity, yes. With five but years it's in the, the NFL best is not five years that we've ever seen in the NFL, right? No, three Super Bowl appearances, two wins, two the, Super Bowl or two MVPs, all the records, the passing numbers, the arm talent. Now, do I think that Mahomes is getting more credit where Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and the offensive line and the coaching staff and the and we're going to get to this, the general manager and the front office have done. I think that is a brilliantly run organization. Yes. And and that's that's going to be a big part of the show today is how can the Titans learn from what the Chiefs have, have done? Um, and, and I think I think he's clearly on a path right. to put himself into the conversation with whoever you want on that top tier, whether well, it's let, Peyton Manning or Brady yeah. or Favre or Rogers or Unitas or Elway or whoever. He's on path to be in that conversation. And that's all that I think. Uh, so let me ask you. So let me ask you this: If he re if he retired, if he said, "Hey, I got two Super Bowls, I got two two league MVPs," did he get two Super Bowl MVPs as well? I got. Well, he got last. It was last, last night, right? night. But did he get the first? One? I don't recall. I don't either. Right. But okay, so let's say he re retired. Like, Isn't like he going to the Hall of Fame? Like, aren't you thinking that everybody's going to have to what, put him in the Hall of Fame? It's kind of like um, Gail Sayers, the one who ran, who was like the best running back on the planet, but only for like six years, and then it's kind of like Calvin Johnson. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Hall of Fame argument, which is kind of different than go. Okay. Right? Like to me, Hall of Fame is were you the best at your position during your era? Which he he clearly right. is. And that's any sport. Like if you're the best point guard, if you're one of the so three wouldn't you best to point say guards, that he's the goat of this era, Tom Brady was the goat of the previous area, and Dan Marino was the goat of the previous area. I, I think sure, yeah, I think dude, I think splitting it up in eras or generations the right is thing. the right thing to do because again how do you compare these games? arguments? You're never going to yeah. find a resolution. I, I think, I mean, there's a, like if for someone else to catch, cause again, what is it like five straight AFC championship games? Yeah. Like, I mean, there he is on path to potentially put himself Wait, isn't he like one. undefeated against his own division or yeah, something. Yeah. Like so, like, yeah like it's it, the whole thing is wild. Yeah. So I think clearly he is one number, the best quarterback on the planet today. Mm-hmm. And if he continues just at a even seventy five percent pace of what he's done, that would put him as the best of our. He of at least this generation. has to average at least one more, two more. He has to average two more Super Bowl appearances, in my opinion, and one more Super Bowl win in the next five to seven years to be able to kind of maintain your status. Right? Yeah, I mean, if Joe Burrow wins four Super Bowls, he which would he won't, he statistically, would... he's not going no, to maybe just, ever make it to the Super I'm, Bowl. I'm just saying, like, he's already been to one. Maybe Herbert would be, I think, the next. Herbert or Allen is, like, the next quarterback up just, for just, a Super Bowl. Just pick any of them and say, you're going to have to you're going to have to gain a lot of ground on Mahomes. And then, like, yeah, he is the best quarterback of our generation, of this generation yeah, right now. It this seems era, to me like so. Herbert is going to be the closest in term. No, I guess maybe Joe Burrow. I think Burrow's, but, he's already been to one. So. Yeah, but I mean, like, he's never going to probably, he's probably never going to go back to another one. Well, who, how, do you, how do you say uh, Two AFC championship games in a row. Like, I, I, the point is, is he's the I only mean, that's one. just history and data for 
decades of NFL. It's just how the <laughs> NFL works. Well, that's true. The and and stacking the inbox.com, of course, by the way. Uh some quarterbacks who lose their debut. Some interesting data in there. So check Only that out. six of thirty-four, and he's and Jalen Hurts is thirty-fifth. So and includes Joe Burrow at yeah, thirty-four. Yeah. Have not gone back to the Super Bowl. I thought that was great stuff. This is why you subscribe to stackintheinbox.com. Yeah. Uh, we're going to show you uh, exactly how the Chiefs built their roster and how the Titans can build their roster. Presented by the Kingston Group, buildkg.com. They do a lot of building in Nashville. Make sure you talk to them, of course, before um, you make any decisions about your house. Mahomes did talk get the Super Bowl to, MVP. There you way. go. Talk to um, make sure you talk to uh, the Kingston Group, buildkg.com, before you make any big decisions uh, about your house. Of course, we are brought to you by the pharmacy. And the Kingston group. Uh, a couple other quick questions here about the Super Bowl, because I don't think he's in the GOAT category all time. Like, I don't think that's he's there yet, but he's on path. Yeah, I mean, he's like there. a top 10 quarterback of all time, pra, right? Pra, well, can you make the argument? I guess is again, he better quarterback than Marino? I think he needs no. more. I think he needs more time. No, very few are better than Marino. I opinion. think he needs more time. Just, but, but not because he's not good, but yeah, just time. Gotcha. Um, quickly, the NFL broadcast. I, I so Kevin Burkhart. Uh, I, I personally have had a chance to, to talk to him a few times, but he came up as a Mets. I'm a big Mets fan. He came up as a Mets uh, sideline reporter. Think about this Mets broadcast when I went to the World Series a couple of years ago. It was uh, Gary Cohen, Steve, uh, uh, Keith Hernandez, Ron Darling, and Kevin Burkhart, Burkhart all on one broadcast oh, wow. for, for the Mets uh, SNY. And he got moved over to football, skyrocketed up the ranks, Greg Olson, I think, still has some work to do. I think he's learning, but I think that could be, that is going to be very soon, if not already is, the best broadcast crew, college or pro, I think, in all football. Ooh, Give yeah. Burkhart and Olson. I think there's a little bit more time seasoning from Olson's side of things, um, but I think that has a chance to pass Buck and Aikman. I think they would probably be number one right now. But I think they're on their they're on the trajectory to pass and be the if, best if broadcast. Group. If you're talking about body of work, obviously Buck and Aikman, right? Like, I mean, you just can't top them. But if you're talking about who was the best broadcast duo of 2023, it was Burkhart. Yeah, yeah, I'm, fi I'm fine with that analogy. Uh, just because down. Troy Aikman these last two or three years has gone on this wild, deep end journey about special teams and punting and all this stuff that he just sounds like a moron it's like i don't know if if old age and senility and maybe alcohol that he is inviting lots of, lots of concussions yeah lots of concussions all coming home to roost but I, I thoroughly think that buck uh joe buck is one of the best if not the best nobody else could have announcers. done the damar hamlin thing like he yeah. did it like like he did it that night um so just wanted to throw, point that out i thought they did a great job last night i thought the broadcast was great last night i know you got some halftime show thoughts because everybody has to have hot oh, half, I mean, halftime like, takes i'm not gonna takes. i'm not gonna spend like a whole radio segment you know grading um <laughs> <laughs> the halftime show and asking Twitter users, hey, okay, we're grading the halftime show because we're a sports show. Am I an old person for just being like, I don't really care about them that much at all? Well, this was I cared about last year uh, just because it was, Stray, it was, was what it was. But for the most part, I don't. They, they never, they never actually the, sing. They never actually play instruments. Well, I have to give props. So. I, I'm, I'm there for the spectacle, right? You're given $2.5 to $3 million to play with from the NFL. Then whatever you do with that money, and then you can invest your own money and all that kind of stuff. You, you have to invest your own money. Um, <laughs> the, I thought that Rihanna's vocal, she sang. Right. I mean, like she was one of the few people that did not lip sync. And I was yeah, yeah. thoroughly impressed uh, by, by that. Everything else was just so freaking boring. I could not. I kept waiting for someone to come yeah. out 
I kept waiting for some big spectacle to happen. Like the floating stage thing looks great for Super Smash Brothers. It's great, but it's been a, the floating stage thing has been around for like five or six years at concerts. This is not a yeah, new yeah, yeah. novelty. Now I've heard from people in attendance, great on the field, looks cool with the oh, floating you're stage because you're in the. Crowd, but yeah. when you're doing a Super Bowl show, the majority of the people that you're trying to entertain are on the TV. So you got to have something that translates both well to TV and to this. Yeah. So I, I think what's interesting is like uh, also like award shows like Grammys, which just happened recently, like nobody plays instruments, like almost all of it's tracked. And, and so I just don't, I just the don't, dancers weren't that good. I just don't I get into uh, Now I love the, the, the whole set was just like block. I love the whole, uh, like I am, I am, a female who is pregnant and performing at the Super Bowl. I think that's a cool thing, especially for me with two daughters watching it. I think that was cool. But other than that, I'm just like, okay, whatever. Like the songs were fine. Like, yeah, the only one I recognized was a Jay Z song. <laughs> well, I mean, they, I thought that the melody was great. And uh, listen, this idea that a lot of that a lot of artists don't have the repertoire that she does to be able to pull off a melody of 13 songs in 15 minutes. Give me a break. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this yeah. Is not, yeah. We've seen it every Super Bowl. Like this, this is ridiculous. All right. Well, that brings so all these rapid fire Super Bowl questions here before we get to the Titans content, of course, brought to you by the pharmacy and Kingston group rooting for AJ Brown or rooting against AJ Brown. Did, did you find yourself having any emotional response whatsoever to watching AJ Brown, not, not only score a touchdown, but hit the over on 72 yards, uh, which I cared about. Um, I, I, like if it would have been for an arch rival, I could see people being, pissed off and rooting against him philly's not exactly a lovable city yeah i wasn't um, rooting for or against i wasn't them. i wasn't either like i'm rooting against the eagles because i have rooting interest in bets with the chiefs i i, I like the chiefs fans better i like the chiefs as an organization better than i do uh the the fans in the city of philadelphia uh now that tyree kills off the roster they're a very likable team yeah exactly so like that i wasn't necessarily rooting against players we were talking before the show that that's just how i am i'm not a big sentimental guy so i made peace with aj brown being off the team a long time ago once he's gone he's gone. um i i am then looking at these two teams and if you put a gun to my head i like i was kind of watching the game just enjoying a good game of football which it which it was spectacular yeah. it was great and i was just appreciating for what it was but if you put a gun to my head which my wife did like well she didn't put a literal gun to my head but she asked who are you rooting for I said well if i have to choose someone i'm rooting for the chiefs and it's just because i really like andy Reid. really that's what it yeah. boils down to yeah. but then patrick mahomes's performance with the ankle is really just it's epic it, it really captivated me yeah. myself for yeah. a guy that loves football like that how can you root against a guy uh, St stoney says i was rooting for aj brown to tear it up because i wanted to see the people who still care about aj brown come unglued on twitter now that i can get behind um and the and again like and the tyree kill thing that first of all he's a piece of shit but like it's also an important lesson yeah and this leads us right into what we can learn about, oh, about i do have one thing about aj brown oh yeah, yeah go, go, for, go for it. is that uh the only thing that i really thought hard about when it came to aj brown was this guy is just a freaking slant merchant? Like that's all he does is slants. Are we <laughs> not going to talk about that? Is that all slants? He, well, he catches a lot of fades too down the field. S sometimes, I mean, if you got the, if, if Jalen, if you get the, the quarterback enough time, like seven seconds in the pocket, and you know Jalen Hurts will. Well, Tannehill hit him on a lot of fades yeah. too, <laughs> and he had a he had a he had a little bit less time. But it's just it, it to me is just like here's another slant. Here's another. He's slant, so hard here's to another tackle slant. though. That's like like because he can body you up off the line. And then he it's gets just Michael space. Thomas with the right tail. Let's talk about it. It's, he's, 
he's he's Michael Thomas with a little bit more explosiveness and, and physicality. <laughs> that, um, that's really the only thing I really noticed about AJ Brown was that oh there there's another slant oh there's yeah, another yeah. slant there's another slant. Um, so uh, the the Tyree kill is just the fact that they got and you wrote about this a little bit in, in Stack in the Inbox. The fact that I want to start this conversation with the fact that they they are one of the teams because the Titans are one of the other ones trading AJ Brown. The Packers let Devontae Adams go, didn't make the playoffs. Um the, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl the year they got rid of Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Uh, the, the guy who went and set all kinds of records at, at Miami. Uh, again, take his personality out of it because I just can't stand the guy. He's a really good, really good football player. But they did something with their resources, mm-hmm. right? And and you write about this, and I want to set you up because Mahomes, they have been planning for this Mahomes situation. And part of that is to take a massive asset in Tyreek Hill, let him go, and take all those other at money and dollars and, and everything you were going to invest in Tyree kill and spread it out across a bunch of other pieces to build around the quarterback. You write about it in stack in the inbox. This was all the, the way they have planned this in Kansas city is the thing. The Titans fans should pay attention to. It's it's the best article I probably read all year. And I read a lot of articles about Rand Carthon that I thoroughly enjoyed and about Ian Cunningham. Are you talking about your own article? No, no, no. Well, that that's a, it's not one of the, it's, I'll, I'll say it's not one of the best articles ever. And it's a very good article, it's very but good it's not one of the best ones. Uh, but the sports illustrated article where they talk about essentially what happened is they're in a room in the off season start of 2017, you know, getting pretty close. And uh, the guy that's in charge of their uh, salary cap or negotiation in the front office says it's not Veach, but he says to Veach, "Hey, we need to start planning now that for the for the case or the scenario that Patrick Mahomes turns out to be really, really good, right? We got to start planning, planning for how, his greatness, plan for greatness." Yep. And they started it. Then in 2018, they started seeing the greatness like unfold on the field, and they're like, "Okay, we got to get serious." <laughs> and so they planned years and ahead on how they want to build how they want to reward Patrick Mahomes while also building around him. And they've had these conversations with Patrick Mahomes' representation the whole time. They're not waiting like a former general manager to like, you know, the year before to start doing negotiations. Hmm. So they've started doing all this. It's just so interesting because like you said, they, they let Tyreek Hill go. And what they do is say, we know that Patrick Mahomes, who he is, right? He is an elite guy that can elevate people around him and and do things that no other quarterback can do. So let's take this money and spend it elsewhere. So I liken it to, because we had a conversation on Thursday where you're like, well, I don't know if Jacoby Myers is as good as Robert Woods. So you take the money that you're paying Robert Woods. And if you came back, let's say just some revisionist history. If you, instead of signing Robert Woods and you signed Juju Smith-Schuster, which I think he got signed pretty late and MVS, And you paired them, and then you let A.J. Brown go, and then you draft Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips. Aren't you thinking that, okay, MVS, Juju Smith-Schuster, Traylon Burks, and uh, Kyle Phillips is a better four than what they went into? So you're saying the two, basically two for one is what you're saying. Yeah. Instead of the $12 million or whatever it was for Robert Woods, which they got pretty cheap because of the trade. Yeah. But taking that and splitting it up to two veteran assets that maybe yeah. aren't as... Now, now Myers isn't... I mean, he's... Myers was was he a first round pick? I want to say Jacoby Myers. No, I think he's like a third or okay. fourth. I'm thinking Nikhil Harry then. Is yeah, Nikhil Harry was the first round um, pick. He was the first wide receiver. So, so could you get two veterans at like four and a half or five million each? Which you should be able instead, to, right? Um, and probably get more production out of them than what you would get at Robert Woods at his price tag. Yeah, and I think and then you're pushing Nick Westbrook Akine down. down. So you're te- yeah. technically taking 
you're taking Nick Westbrook and Kine and Robert Woods to turn into two better assets as a whole. Possibly, yeah, because then then you got the rookie. Because then Westbrook Akine becomes technically would have been your fourth. Because but like even Kyle last year, isn't doesn't this isn't this offense better? Instead of pursuing and trading for Robert Woods, if they had spent money in free agency, which the Titans typically do not do at wide receiver, except for Josh Reynolds, they don't really that was a really attack. small deal though, wasn't it? Yeah, they don't really attack it. Like yeah. they let they didn't even talk to Marvin Jones, and they should this year, but they didn't even talk to Marvin Jones when he became a free agent. They didn't even talk to Kenny Galladay, which is okay yeah. in hindsight. But at the time, when you're not talking to these wide receivers, you're not giving yourself the best chance to assemble the best roster. But it also leads to two two more questions that kind of pit piggyback off of this conversation, which is the Mahomes question, which is quarterback and and it's it's paired with philosophy right like can you win a super bowl without an elite quarterback like and we're talking top let's say eight top 10 quarterback and i don't put ryan Tannehill in that category i'm not sure jalen hurts is in that category he's close but i don't know can you win a super bowl without having elite quarterback play and can you win a super bowl philosophically the way we know mike vrabel has built his team now maybe that's changing with Rand carthon with a new coordinator, with some new pieces on the coaching staff that they brought in. Maybe he's evolving this year. Maybe this is the year we see it evolve because we know they're going to have to get better on offense if they want to have any chance to do anything. Can you still win a Super Bowl without an elite quarterback and with this defense-first run-the-football identity that we know Vrabel has? Yes. I mean, absolutely. When's the last team that did that? Well, the last team to win without an elite quarterback is Matt Stafford. I mean, that was just last year. He's top 10. No. Wow. You'd be okay. you'd be sorely mistaken. I mean, maybe you know. <laughs> is he better than Jalen? He's better than Jalen Hurts. As a passer, yes. As a as a football player that brings value to your team, I would say no. So if you're saying elite is like very exclusive, like you're I, talking the top four, or elite five players. elite is to me elite is you have to be able to elevate talent around you. Matt Stafford does not elevate talent around. Okay. Him. Okay, he, he's never been that guy to elevate talent. Now, he's done well with poor pieces throughout his career, but yeah. he's never been able to elevate them to to get to wins. He's never been able to overcome his defense. A lot of players that are elite can overcome certain limitations, and Matt Stafford has never been able to overcome he, for the success of the team. He's never been able to drive success for the team in terms of wins, okay. postseason appearances, Without without help, I I think I know where you're going with that. I don't necessarily disagree. I think he's had elite skills and abilities his entire life. He's a yes. five star kid coming out, of high but school. those don't translate into no, elite no. tangible. I guess efforts. I'm I'm thinking more of I'm thinking more of maybe average quarterback play to below. Like Nick Foles won a Super Bowl, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl, right. Trent Dilfer, Brad Johnson won Super Bowls. That's all since, Eli Manning, since 2000. He's I mean, not elite. Eli Manning's not an elite player. but No, and uh, they they won with defense and running elite, the ball. Elite defensive line. But also, that's 15 years ago. So that's what that's – I'm not suggesting that that you can't do it. But if yeah. you – but you have to have a pretty good offense these days. You, you have to you, have – You have a, to. You have to have a top-flight offense, and very rarely – But you can get that in certain – you can get that as a sum of the parts. Not necessarily a elite quarterback doesn't necessarily equal – offensive success we've seen that with the tennessee titans who were number four in scoring offense in 2020 it does terrible defense that year yeah yeah yeah. but it does not equate to an elite an elite quarterback doesn't necessarily equate to immediate postseason success it took peyton manning a long time to get to the super bowl and he had a really good teams for most of his life 
Oh, I mean, they were loaded, and and they were in the playoffs every single year. Yeah, it, it took them. Uh, it had to break through uh, a couple of. It took them a long. Like what was it? Oh, oh nine. He finally broke I through. Think so. I think. I, I'm just curious against the Bears' worst. Like it's Rex Grossman. I, I yeah, think. Like. <laughs> I, I guess. I guess the question is, as it pertains to the Titans' offense and Vrabel's philosophy, is just how much if you're going to have a top ten ish defense, which I think is pretty safe to say that they've got, especially with Harold Landry coming back and being healthy this year. And they're going to be, they're going to have a running game that we know kind of has a pretty high floor. It may not be elite, but it's pretty high floor with Derrick Henry, at least for this year. Uh, should he be back? I guess I should say. Um, how do like how much better do they have to get on offense? Because as you wrote about, like you, you kind of have to have to win a Super Bowl. You kind of have to have a top ten offense. And right. I mean, they're that's, not even you close, just nailed obviously. it. I mean, well, I. <laughs> I hesitate to say close because we'll get to that in a second, but let, let's talk about what they have to have based on the Super Bowl. They have to have a top 10 offense. That's what data shows you to get to the Super Bowl. You have, a have, have to have a top 10 offense. However, to sustain or see immediate tangible success in 2023 and see number one in the division, see a home playoff game, they just need really a top 15 offense, which is a highly attainable Secure in in like expectation. It's funny you say it. that's exactly the commentary in the offseason following the 2020 year when the offense was so good and they were and like, the no, all the defense needs to be yeah. is average. Now we flip and it was and it went too far the other direction. Yeah. And now they're completely opposite. So I guess what has to happen for like here's the I guess it does Vrabel have to evolve a little bit though for that to happen. No, like with, I, I don't. You think got the so. new GM. I mean, you got do you consider the Eagles to be evolved because they're one of the most run-heavy teams in the NFL? If not the well, we're going to get into heavy. why you and I both agree on why the Eagles are so good, and it's nothing to do with the quarterback or the scheme. Yeah, it is the five big ass mofos right. in the front. But I mean, like, don't you think that if if to win, I think, they, I think they've okay. got to evolve beyond the Derrick Henry focal point. Yeah, but I mean, the, we don't know per se if Derrick Henry has just been the focal point because a the time that AJ Brown was here, AJ Brown was getting a lot of targets. He's getting just as much targets as Cooper Cup was. The problem was is that no, Derrick Henry was just getting a lot. He was just unbelievable that year. And was, then you yeah. flip it, and now Derrick Henry's injured, but he's still technically the best player on the team. Like it. It's hard to say. I think that Mike Vrabel, when the offense is built better, will see a little bit more open up. It won't be the 60% right. running on first downs or whatever it's been. I mean, I guess, do they have to evolve to get to top 10? It, not, no. th not this year, but like in two years. No, we, we just saw it. Can Tannehill do it? Yes, we've seen it. We've <sighs> seen tangible proof. That was that was a couple years ago though. Well, so? he's older. Henry's older. AJ Brown's not on the team. Like they're well, you have to improve the team. I mean, like, are you telling me right now? If you're asking me right now, if this team, as you saw in 2022, and you currently constructed right now, is going to do that? Well, hell no. No, no, no. That's what I'm asking. Is yes, it, like the, it can. The, the Tim Kelly new stuff, right? Yeah. Tim Kelly so, is going to bring new stuff. So you're to the asking offense. if it can, and I'm saying it can. Okay, all right. Now, am I saying there that it's go. highly probable? I don't know. Okay. Like, but if you're saying that it can, if Ryan, if you're asking if Ryan Tannehill can be the, not the, really the focal point, but be a part of a top 10 offense. Well, yes, it's not that far long ago that they were right. It's and, really not that far long ago. I know so, it seems like it because we've gone no, through hell these last two years, but <laughs> so is that then because Todd Downing was 
a backwards evolution, for lack of a terrible term here. Like Arthur Smith was the evolution yes. of the offense that got them to the point where they were, and A.J. Brown being a weapon on the outside changes the way that defenses manage them as well. But like A.J. Brown only averaged like four catches a game for his Well, that's, that's his fault. That, I mean, he, was he got targets. He was injured. He got targets. Like, that's the thing is that he got targets. I, I will harp on this, and I, if I had the time and it wouldn't be bad video, I would go <laughs> find my Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown target share on Twitter. They're Tar eerily target. similar. You're talking about uh, based on number of passing attempts. Based on number of passing attempts to targets? Yes. Okay, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. So, not but, just targets. But, I mean, how targets. many targets did he AJ have? Brown had 105 targets and 106 targets in his two last two seasons as a Tennessee. That's a ton of targets for a wide receiver. That's a ton of targets for a wide receiver in this particular offense, yes, especially. But that's, that's a true. that's a ton of targets in any NFL Jesus offense. Christ, Cooper Cup had 191 targets. Yeah, it was crazy last year. What did AJ Brown have this year? 150. Yeah. Okay. 50 more targets. So he had 50 year. more targets with a quarterback that's. We think is right slightly better than Tannehill, or and whatever. he had fifty more targets. What was his catch rate? Uh, I'll hang on. Uh, pause. 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 Eighty-eight catches, one hundred forty-four. Uh, like not not all that great compared. So to he had sixty point seven. Yeah. He had sixty-six with the Titans in twenty twenty. Yeah, then, it's, a, okay. it's about the same. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like it's six percent better with Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill. It's just that you know the offense, they didn't have to though. But that's what I'm yeah, saying is like yeah. they they jumped out to big leads and were able to maintain it and. My my thing is is that the offense does not need a 150 190 target guy. That'd be great. That'd be great. But for to have top 10 success, you don't need that guy in any offense. It's not just Tennessee. You don't need that guy in any offense to sustain success. You know what happens? You can't sustain success cuz you're eventually going to have to pay someone yeah, for right. that. Well, and, and I, then you're paying someone else because they made your quarterback look good and then it just it keeps on rolling. Well, and frankly the Chiefs might actually now Kelsey's a unique beast. Yeah. But the Chiefs are actually probably a pretty good example talking about things we learned of course from the Super Bowl and how it pertains to the Titans. The Chiefs are probably a pretty good example of spreading the wealth, right? Like now Kelsey again uh is is a guy that's just you know, like he's a freak of nature who's just again. I got, I got a question. Hundred and fifty-two targets. Yeah. Now Juju Smith-Schuster had hundred and one targets this year. That's yeah. way more than I would have expected. Yeah. So here's my question for you: If you dropped Ryan Tannehill in this year's Eagles roster, the 2022 that just went to the Super Bowl, don't you think they have the same success? Considering they had the second easiest schedule and a loaded roster with AJ Brown, who he's familiar with, and a good run game, they have a different look of success. Right. right? They, wouldn't, they wouldn't be running the ball the same right. way. Um. I think they are a very good football team. I don't think they're the best record in the NFL and one, but aren't tied with three minutes to go in the Super Bowl. I, I think they would be. I think I they'd mean, be very good, though. Yeah, I, mean, I think. I, mean, I, I think. think I, I think the point is, is that if you know, if you're talking about Ryan Tannehill, they would still be probably a 14 and three team. We just saw Ryan Tannehill with a worse roster be able to get to a number one seed in the yeah, AFC, which yeah. is much tougher than what the and that schedule is much tougher than the one the Eagles face. Do, do you think that Andy Reid could get more out of Ryan Taylor oh, yeah. or well, get, well. get the same? I mean, so, Todd, I mean, Down, like, Todd Downing, Andy Reid. <laughs> right. So, I mean, doesn't that answer your question about can Ryan Tannehill do certain things? Isn't well, it's a championship the, game, too. I mean, he's been. Yeah. Uh, isn't it about the surroundings and the coaching more know, than million. it is about Ryan Tannehill? I think the the offensive issue, and this I, I don't know if we're there yet on the conversation. So I mean, we can just me. go wherever. Because to me, the offensive line. We're thirty five minutes in. We can go wherever the, you the, want. The offensive line to me is the flashing neon sign story from both you the Eagles. You have to have a top ten offense. Both, yeah, to get to, have, to the Super yeah. Bowl. To get to the Super Bowl, 
Not necessarily. I mean, you're obviously gonna have to win. One of you is gonna win it with the top ten offense. Right, but right, to get to right. the Super Bowl, you have to have a top ten offense. I would say of the struggles of the last two years, and we're trying to pinpoint issues. It it, it is. Offensive line, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line, Todd Downing, offensive line, Todd Downing, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line, pass catchers, pass catchers, offensive line, offensive line, then Ryan Tannehill. Like now, do I think Ryan Tannehill is limited to some degree? Yes. He's not elite, but But, you can win with him. You can get to the Super Listen, they were literally one game out of the Super Bowl. And 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 it's because Arthur Smith all of a sudden went away from what was working. The defense was not playing very well. Patrick Mahomes did Patrick Mahomes things that you cannot stop. And you saw the Eagles with a better defense have trouble stopping them too. There's just certain things that you cannot that right that is out of Ryan Tannehill's control. Okay, so maybe this is a better way to ask the question then. In the current AFC landscape, where we just got done talking about Patrick Mahomes being the best, mm. and the reason they didn't make it to the Super Bowl was because of Patrick Mahomes, and the reason the Eagles didn't win was because of Patrick Mahomes, paired with again all the other great stuff that the Chiefs have done. Is the only way over that hump is to have Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert? Is that like I don't I don't think so because of how this team's defense performs in these situations. Like you you need here's what you need. You need a quarterback slash offense. You need a quarterback and offensive line and pass catchers, right? We know what Derrick Henry is. We know what Ryan Tannehill is. So you need offensive line and pass catchers that can get you into a 24, 26 points per game to be yeah. to be contending with these guys. Not yeah. necessarily to win, but to be contending with these other teams because we've seen these defenses limit Joe Burrow. We've and, seen these defenses limit Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen these defenses uh, limit Josh Allen. So we've yeah. seen all this happen to these quarterbacks, and they limited Justin Herbert. So it comes down to, to me, it really just comes down to building an offense around whoever the quarterback is. Because I think Mike Vrabel is such a good fucking coach on the field. And the defense is going to probably stay good somewhat. Maybe not elite levels, but I mean, let's say this. Top 10. Yeah, top 10. I think you can sustain. I think Mike Vrabel and the defense and the way the Titans are built can sustain top 10 performances throughout the year. So and that leaves the offense and that leaves that it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. You can get success as long as you stay healthy, which has been the biggest bugaboo that we probably haven't even touched on is that the Eagles stayed pretty healthy, insanely healthy, insanely healthy. And it was was H.A. Brown's healthiest year. Right. I mean, like they have to stay healthy and they have to get better in the trenches at well, pass catcher. So I, this brings us toward a sort of like wrapping up the, like what we learned and sort of heading into what the Titans need to address. Right. And that is, is, is so obvious that the offensive line is the top priority. And you've already said this, I think last show, even that you wouldn't be surprised. I, I, I take that all back. Let me, let me pause for a second there. I do want to did watching the Super Bowl last night, change your opinion at all about trading up to get, to get the guy at quarterback. It, it, it just all boils down to what do the Titans Think about them. Think about them. Like, if the Titans think that they're guys in this draft, because I'm, I I see the potential in Bryce Young, right? I know that Bryce Young could be a really good quarterback, but is he the, in my opinion, is he the quarterback that can change this offense and change this defense? The course of the. Yeah. I mean, can he change the course of the franchise? Right, right. I don't think that's as likely 
uh, a thing. I don't think there's that much of a difference in that being a chance with Bryce Young turning the franchise around as there is it being Anthony Richardson. Uh, like I think yeah, the, 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 the yeah, chances yeah. of any of these quarterbacks turning this franchise around, like they're all like right here, right? Except find, for Will find, Levis. Will Levis is way down. Finding here. finding your Mahomes, is yeah, hard to do. It's hard to do, <laughs> and I don't think there is necessarily. I personally don't think there is necessarily a Mahomes in this draft class. Nope. Now, if the Titans, because really we didn't think there was a Mahomes in Mahomes's draft class, right? Like, let's be honest here. Nobody was really in that class. Too? Yeah, Watson, Mahomes, and Trubisky. It was like Trubisky was clearly the number one quarterback, well, and everybody else was way down below. Yeah, according to dumbasses. Yeah. Well, I mean, e- anyway, nobody thought Mahomes was going to be Mahomes. This kind, this no, not this good. Yeah, I mean, Watson no, was Watson was one of the greatest players in college football history. So. I, I thought he was knocked unfairly during the draft process, in, yeah. in my opinion. But, but and I mean... Now I don't know, like the guy. <laughs> yeah, well, and he also sucks right now. But, like, he's um, not a good person, apparently. Yeah, but he's not a good person, not a good player currently. Um, but you turn around and you say, is there that guy here? Well, we don't think so. But I will maintain, as long as the Titans think that that guy is in this class, they should go get that guy yeah. unless it's Will okay. Levis. All right, that's that. I just wanted you to. I just wanted to know if last watching last night no, changed your opinion I, or anything. That's I, all. Watching last night changes my opinion more so that there is no perfect, tried and true way of finding the quarterback that could win you a Super Bowl. You can trade for him, like Matt Stafford. Yep. You can uh, stick and pick in the second round, like the like uh, like the Eagles did. The Eagles did, yep. or like the Seattle did with uh, Russell Wilson in the third or fourth Drew, round, Drew wherever Brees. it was. Drew, Drew Brees. Brees. Um, you could trade up for him, like the people did with Joe Burrow, to at least get there. Like they did with Patrick Mahomes to yep. do that. I mean, number one overall, Josh you can Allen sign was like him as a free agent, like the Bucks and Tom Brady right. did. was Josh Allen number seven, I think. Yeah. So, like, I mean, again, Burrow was one. Allen San Francisco was seven. traded for Jimmy G to get, yep. and they went yep. to the Super Bowl. Yep. Like, there is no spare me that the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers yeah. one in the mid twenties and then benched him for two yeah. years. Or three spare years. me that there is some definitive formula for finding your quarterback and getting to the Super Bowl. There isn't. You could do it a bunch yep. of different ways. It's all about building the roster around you. Which leads us to <laughs> the the most important lesson. Not not can you find Mahomes or how do you find Mahomes or is Vrabel good or be- better than Andy Reid or you know can you find Travis Kelsey like uh, although that one's probably a little closer to what we're going to talk about. But the the most important lesson from the Super Bowl is the offensive line Needs to be priority one, two, and three on this uh, in this offseason for Rand Carthon, Mike Vrabel, and that team because they, they will never be close to top half offense, top 10 offense like they need to be to be in the Super Bowl with an offensive line built with a bunch of pieces that last year were largely not starting pieces. Right. I mean, other than Ben Jones and when Nate Davis was healthy, like NPF will be better. If Ben Jones is back at center and NPF's at right tackle, you've got and Nate Davis leaves, you've still got three giant holes you have to fill along the offensive line. Um, the good news is, there's as we talked about on la- last week's shows, there's good offensive line prospects in the draft. You can get early and late, and there's good offensive line candidates in free agency. But it, it's isn't that clearly the lesson from last night is the offensive line is the number one? Absolutely, because, I yeah. mean, the op- offensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs basically had two Dennis Dailies at tackle for the entire season. I mean, you're talking as far as tackles is like a let sacks allowed. It was Dennis Daly, um, the right tackle for the Chiefs, whose name escapes me, and then Orlando Brown. Like they were like one, two, or three, right? I mean, like the worst tackles, one of was Titans and two was for the Chiefs all season. 
And then what did they do last night? They dominated last night. They didn't allow any sacks of Patrick Mahomes. They had zero penalties in the second half. They were they looked fantastic. And they if it wasn't for that offensive line just suddenly turning it on in the Super Bowl and showing up, they would not have won that game. No, I mean, I mean that's pretty. And, and then you look at you talk about Jalen Hurts. I've never seen anybody sit back in a pocket that. He, if someone farted, he wouldn't have even smelled it. He wouldn't even heard it if it was a loud belch. Like he was so insulated, yeah, yeah. and it let him sit in the pocket for like six or seven seconds before he threw it's, the ball. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. It's almost like the and that's Eagles, how it was all year. The, it was the Eagles' offensive line is so built in Mike Vrabel's image too. Yes, right. It's a bunch of just like snarling Jeff nasty, Stoutland. I should be getting like all the yeah. awards for offensive line coach, and really, Roy Isvan should have been on this Tennessee Titans team, but you know. He doesn't yeah, yeah, know yeah. Mike Vrabel, so that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> I think I think going after the Eagles' offensive line strategy is the biggest takeaway for me. Which is, and they're all, guess what? They're all drafted players. That's another part of stacking the inbox, by the way. Um, there's a lot of homegrown talent on that field last well, night. Both, the offense, the offense of the Eagles had had every starter was drafted by the Eagles. Every starter was drafted by the Eagles, except for AJ Brown. <laughs> except for AJ Brown, that's not, that's not a joke. That's le legit. Now they, they on the flip side, the defense that let them down was all expensive free agents. They only had two, and they had a lot of role players, you know, homegrown role players, but they only had two starters, Josh Sweat and Fletcher Cox, that were drafted. So that maybe tells you to tell the tape. And then 15 of the 22 Kansas City Chiefs were homegrown players. And then yep. if you wanted to count Andrew Wiley, who they picked up off of the Colts and Browns practice squad, his rookie season so after cut down days, they picked him up and he would be 16 to 22. Yep. Um, uh, the other one is pass catchers. Um, we Traylon Burks and Chickaconquo are both very good. I think they're both going to be very good. And those positions are settled wherever they are in the formation. Uh, but I think Traylon Burks is probably I think I think everybody needs to probably set your expectations for Traylon Burks's career right now. So you can be so they he maybe he has a chance to exceed them. I think Corey Davis is where the bar is for Traylon Burks so as far as stats, 800, 900, maybe a thousand catches. I think he's a wide receiver two with the wide receiver one upside. Set your expectations for wide receiver two and you won't be disappointed. Yeah. I think 65 catches for a thousand yards and eight touchdowns would, would be, be a spectacular. Would season. be fine. And I think he's capable. I think he's yeah. very capable of that. Um, especially if you're going to draft him at whatever it was 17 in the first round, but they need support. Like the offensive line has to get fixed. The, the key is how far, if you fix the offensive line and you add a couple of pass catchers, can the Titans go from 28th or 30th in, in offense to what? I think a realistic expectation in, in year one of the Rand Carthon area is 15, like top 15. So at, so middle of the pack. Middle of the pack, okay. which, which for this particular team is really, really good for their outlook in 2023. It, it's a division championship caliber. Team. Easy, easy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they were 28th ranked offense and the 32nd ranked pass defense. We don't even talk about the pass defense enough with the addition of Chris Harris, how that should get better. But they were the 32nd ranked pass defense, the 28th ranked total offense in yards, I believe, or 29th, maybe in 30th. And you bump that up to 15th and you bump up the, the pass defense a few notches. That is a team that goes from eight and nine Say eight and nine now. Yeah, eight and nine <laughs> to, Stupid, to that's records. easily with this year's schedule it was going to be a double digit win team easy. 
I, I think they absolutely can win the division, host a playoff game, be between 14th and 17th in offense. If you fix the offensive line and you add one more pass catcher, you need two more pass catchers. You probably need two. You need two because unless you're counting Robert Woods, which I still would say you probably need two, you need to add three. And I will will say that until I'm blue in the face. Was one of them a tight end? No. It can be, I guess. But I mean, I think you need three wide receivers. You you don't want Nick Westbrook Kine seeing the field. (laughs) He's a good number six or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, this is nothing to do with Nick Westbrook Kine. It's more about the success of it. Yeah. The success of the Titans offense and being less predictable, you, you can't have Nicholas Burkini on the field. So we've got offensive line and wide receiver right there on the bottom of the screen. What yes. about quarterback? Quarterback is a you know, distant third. Now, listen, I say this in the stack in the inbox.com. So head over to stack in the inbox.com. Today is the one month anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary. Yeah, thank cheers. You. Uh, cheers with our, our, our pharmacy beers here. At the pharmacy Four dollars a month. I think it ended up being like 19 or 18 cents per article, which is utterly ridiculously cheap. Uh, <laughs> But the whole thing is... It's one is, freaking beer, folks, yeah. at the pharmacy. I mean, hell, one beer $4? At at if you can find a beer for $4 <laughs> anywhere, sign me up. Um, pharmacy Beer Garden right here, by the way. Come out, hang out. Look at this place. It's but gorgeous. quarterback is number one in terms of priority of deciding what you're going to do. But in terms of importance to this team and to its success in 2023, it's number three. I, I'm good with that. I think that you, you got to decide I, I think, now what you're going to do with Ron Tannehill because Derek Carr is going to be a yeah, free yeah, yeah. agent. I, I think they're going to restructure the deal and he's yeah. back. That's what I think is going to happen. I, and, and listen, that's probably likely to happen, but you got to make a commitment and decide that vocally, proudly, stamp it, and yeah, yeah, not yeah. wait till March to do it. No, I agree with that because as of, I believe, today, you can start cutting people. And, and yeah, if they're four years, if they've yeah. been in the season four plus years, they don't have to go through waivers. Everybody else has to go through waivers for four crude seasons or less, which is six games or more per season before an accrued season. Uh, so, like Carr, when he gets cut, I think tomorrow is the latest they'll actually cut him. Uh, yeah, Tuesday really at 3 p.m., yeah. they're going to cut him. They've already said they're going to come, but they'll probably wait. Yeah, up to the last minute, he can immediately sign with any team that he wants. Yeah, and be, let me say something until the Titans decide and come out and say, Ryan Tannehill is our guy, here's what we're doing. You're going to be connected to every quarterback situation. Oh, the Darren Rodgers thing has it is, it is ridiculous. Such a well, Jimmy, they, Jimmy G and Derek Carr both got mentioned because there is connections, San, it's lazy connections, San Francisco and Patriots connections for Jimmy G. Derek Carr is just basically Ryan Tannehill with eye makeup. Like it's all essentially slower 40 times. It's lazy dot connecting. No need to get up in arms until the Titans say, Hey, we're not doing anything with Ryan Tannehill or Hey, we're trading Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. And, and I think GMs off the record, of course, anonymously were saying Aaron Rodgers would be a great fit with the Titans. I don't know if Mike Vrabel wants to put up with Aaron Rodgers' personality. That's probably um, Chris but... Ballard and like uh, <laughs> Nick Casario. They're probably like, you know, putting that like, that's the thing. Like, who are these execs? Because are they AFC South execs? Like, like, at least give us a hint or something. <laughs> it's like the scouts who say, well, you know, I have I have concerns about Bryce Young because when he was oh, I can't eight, stand that when shit. he was eight uh, when he was eighteen it. and entered in, and started his Alabama career he was one hundred and sixty four pounds yeah no shit so was I and I bloomed to two hundred pounds in college like give me a fucking if, break if, they, if you're gonna write a report about yeah. about somebody especially if it's like personality driven yeah. like work ethic 
or practice skill or like how much do you love the game? Like, cause that's obviously, that was a big focus uh, of, of Rand Carthon and Mike yeah. Gable is that we want guys who love ball. And, and so I think what's interesting is if you're going to say that kind of stuff about a, about a person, not, not like, uh, on field, like his 40 time or he's a little slower. He needs the second pass rush move or t- that stuff's fine. It's when you start saying about person, like you need to put your name on it. If you're going to well, talk my about thing is, is like, so. he's anyway, not, they're not sorry. even talking about personality with Bryce young. They're just saying, well, he was 164 right. pounds when he started college. Well, no shit. He's fucking like 18 or 19. Like he gained 30 pounds throughout right, right. college. And then can I also say that this scout also said the same scout also said, well, there's not much of a difference between on-field play of Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. That's that's a scout that's not going to be employed. That's the scout that got you Isaiah Wilson. There's a lot of a lot of similarities in production, though. They're different, very different players, yeah. but their production is very similar. Uh, all right, which leads us then: should they solve the offense? Should they make a statement about Tannehill? And should they find a couple of pass catchers, offensive line, I should say? Where are we? Where are the Titans in the AFC? Because today is the day that every media outlet puts out their power rankings, just like college football puts out their top twenty-five the day after the national championship game and and largely the titans are between 22 and 26 anywhere in the on the internet today you're not going to like where you see them uh some of that is just maybe some media bias against the titans because they don't get a lot of clicks that just that just that's something that titans fans i think have come to understand um Mm. we're a young we're a young fan base with a young and a small market like that's not good for media business it's not about your how good your football team is i just don't think people understand it maybe you're right i disagree with you um (laughs) <laughs> hey, we're fighting the fight to yeah. try to convince folks that the reason you're not getting tra- talked about on national platforms is not because you're not good at football. It's because you're a small fan base in a small market. Anyway, um, how close are they? Because I right now they're listed anywhere from, again, 12th, 13th, 14th in the AFC, which I find to be comical. Laughable. Yeah. Um, I mean, in all honesty, they they are right now with the state of the current roster and the work they have to do in one ye- one season. I don't think you're talking like oh next year they'll be in the Super Bowl. They'll they'll be much better and they'll be talked about among some of the best teams in the AFC. Uh, but unfortunately, they're they're not Super Bowl bound. If I said that, if team, I said they're second tier AFC, yeah, I'll, I'll, with like the I'd, three or four teams on the top tier, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean. That that's that's where they're going to be, and I think that when you come when it comes down to it, if you're talking Super Bowl, how close are they to a Super Bowl? The Titans, technically, if you get into the playoffs, you're pretty close, right? I mean, you have like an 18 percent chance of winning the Super Bowl, but in all reality, they are at least two years away from being like true Super Bowl contenders because it all hinges on what you do at quarterback and what you do in the two years to surround the quarterback with something, right? That That's the key. Is what are the next two draft classes right. look like? Two draft classes, sure. two free agent classes. Uh, what what, what happens? Deve- yeah. You know, the, the thing about the Chiefs is, yeah, they draft all these homegrown talents, but they draft not only the right players, but they – the coaching staff actually plays them as starters in camp and develops and them. develops them. Something that Mike Vrabel has kind of not done, but if we were to take logic into it, it's because he hasn't been given the right players, right? I mean, we've said obviously the statement is he has not been given the right players. So obviously these players are not ready to start and take reps and they're they're so far behind everything else. So now that's where drafting the right players comes in to with Rand Carthon. So two draft classes of drafting the right players. Not all of them have to be hits or anything. And listen, you good, don't good, need good your first agent. round pick for this, by good, the way. Good free agent I forgot signings. to put this in the fucking article. Okay. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes was drafted in 2017 first round, right? 2018, no first round pick for the Chiefs. 2019, no first round for the uh, Chiefs. 
2020 uh, was Clyde Zedward Hilaire. Oh, yeah. 2021, no first round draft pick. 2022 was Trent McDuffie, George Carloftis, or whatever. Uh, so, Car- not George Carloftis. So, go. by the way, for those who are like, well, you got to have those first round picks to build a roster. No, you fucking don't. Well, the Patriots won how many Super Bowls? Yeah. Picking 32nd, which is not really a first round pick. And they're terrible at the draft, by the way. They were like, they're one of the worst drafting teams in the NFL. And it's just that these quit emphasizing and placing so much value on the first round picks. They do not matter. What matters is what you do with the rest of your resources, the rest of your salary cap. Ryan Tannehill is not the reason why the Titans are in the shape that they're in. Paying Ryan Tannehill's not. No, 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 no. So. In the end, what Rand Carthen does with his limited resources in 2022 or 2023, and what he does with going to be a lot more resources technically in 2023 before, that matters to where the Titans get to in the Super Bowl. They have the opportunity to get to a Super Bowl team. It's not over, right? Rand Carthon. Is this the old, like, the defense gives them a window kind of thing? Yeah, I, I think degree? so. I mean, like. The defense is still relatively young. You're still going to be able to improve the defense as you improve the offense. I mean, Simmons, building around Simmons and Landry, Fulton. You could have a worse defense some, to build around. You, right? got, you got some pretty core pieces that yeah. could be here for another 10 years. And, and you still got guys like um, role players. Like We've seen the Titans do stuff with undrafted free agents in defense. We've yeah. seen Titans do players with stuff with players like Trey Avery. Like I also with, think Elijah Molden and Roger McCreary are going to be good players. Yeah, they're not like, the same player you are when you got here, right? Well, and, like, and Chris Harris is going to be here. I right. mean, it's it's there is no reason not to believe that the defense is technically better statistically yep. in rankings next year, which provides you. Um, Will Lomas said this in in the article, and I thought this was a good way of putting the offense versus defense debate. And he said on Twitter, having a great offense is mandatory. Having a great defense makes it easier. Yep. So the defense makes it easier for you to be able to buy time while still being successful to turn yourself into a Super Bowl contender. And I, I think with Mike Vrabel, they're not that far away. No. They are an offensive line and like one or two pass catchers I, really away from being talked about as Super Bowl contenders. I do think that... But in these next two or three years, they got to solve the quarterback. They've issue. got well, and I think that's what it ultimately like. Like I think they can fix the offensive line and the pass catchers largely in an, in an off season. Let's say now it takes time for those guys to get better if they're rookies, especially. And then you're talking about 39 year old, 40 year old Ryan Tannehill, which prov that's so in that issue. Like yes, right now this team, any team could win with the right circumstances around Ryan Tannehill. That window is very small. Yeah, if Tannehill was 29, it's a very different conversation. Yeah, that window is yeah. very small for Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, yeah. They're probably not going to be able to do that with Ryan Tannehill I, in the next two to three years. They're going to have to find their next solution. At I agree, which is going to be probably in the draft. Probably. Probably. Um, okay. All right. Well, that's a lot of Titans talk about a Super Bowl in which they did not play. But I think there's a lot of great lessons in there that you can learn about every team in the league, what what they've done right, what they did right. Sure, you can't replicate Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. That's hard to and do. And we talk about... But they did a lot of other stuff you can replicate. And here's the so. thing about these power rankings. Don't share them. Don't read them. Yeah, don't click on them. Just don't yeah, click on them. Don't click on them. You're going to be disappointed. And listen... Well, why should you expect analysts to watch Tennessee Titans when an other NFL teams don't? I mean, just look at the New York Jets. They hired Todd Downing and <laughs> Keith Carter. Todd Downing. Uh, yeah, uh, Mad Bell says, how about the Jets hiring Downing? I saw that, and I just was like, it's 
Good thing he went somewhere with Nathaniel mass Hackett, transit. Nathaniel Hackett, Todd Downing. Like, what are we doing? Great mass transit system over in <laughs> New York. They do they do have that. Uh, all right, quickly here, an SEC note to wrap up the show. Kingston Group, of course, are one of our title sponsors here. BuildKG.com is the website. And look at this gorgeous place to eat lunch. What? Look at this place. This is where you come to eat lunch. The pharmacy right here in East Nashville on McFerrin Avenue. They've got another location downtown, but they don't have this downtown. We haven't even talked about the Brat Burger that they oh, got. Oh, that's right. They got the Brat Burger that's got all kinds of fancy toppings. It's made out of what, brats what it, and ham. Yeah. Shit, Ham, delicious. brats, uh, pineapples on there. Oh, it's, oh, oh yeah. We got the fancy mustard and everything. Oh, yeah. So the one, I, I think the best mustard mm. in the city, by the way. Okay, mm. easy, soldier. All right. Mm. We're way too close together for those noises. Um, all right, quickly here in the SEC, there was some news late Thursday that Texas and Oklahoma will be joining in 2024. So only one more year without Texas and Oklahoma. The SEC goes to 16 teams in 2024. Enjoy double-digit win seasons this year, Oklahoma and Texas, because you ain't getting it when you come to the SEC. Well, it's, ironically, Texas might actually be better situated uh, uh, Arch than, Manny than Oklahoma. He sucks. Uh, so Calling it now. The, the playoff will expand. USC and UCLA are going to go to the Big Ten, and Texas and Oklahoma are coming all now in 2024. Mm -hmm. So we have one more year of how college football looks now, and then it's going to change significantly. And the thing you need to understand, if you're an SEC football fan, is that if somebody should be fired... If they do not go to the three and six model, and I had I had uh, somebody text me and say, "What's the three and six? I'm seeing this three and six everywhere. What does it mean? What it means is you have three teams on your schedule every single year, and then you play home and homes with the other teams in the league. Six of them play nine conference games, and you go through every single campus every four years. You play every team in the league at least twice every four years. That means better games. Think about this: if you're an Alabama guy, this would be this would mean Alabama playing. You know, not just Tennessee every year. It's going to be you're going to get Florida every other year. You're going to get Georgia every other year. Tennessee and Auburn are going to get to play every other year. Essentially, Tennessee and A and M get to play every other year. Tennessee and Texas are going to play every other year. And that stuff sounds awesome to me. Yeah. So nine conference games, three permanents. Now I think Tennessee Alabama will probably be kept as a permanent rivalry. There will be an announcement. I am told very soon about this because they only have a couple of months to work this out. Uh, but all you really need to know is that, that that it's happening in 2024 and that the scheduling model needs to be three and six, not this one and seven garbage, because then you literally aren't playing teams like now, like Georgia hasn't played in Texas A&M ever. Oh, really? <laughs> that, that, no, not since they joined the conference. They have never played in College Station. Like that's, that is wild because there's too many teams and the scheduling model sucks. Oh, so, my gosh. so that that's what the one and seven model would gotcha. do is like it would keep it like it is where Tennessee would play you know, in Auburn once every 16 years or whatever. Yeah. Like, you can't have that. So, nine conference games, three permanents, no division, all 16 teams in one division, and then six that rotate every year. And the schedules actually are more balanced. If you're in the West and you're Ole Miss, for example, you actually are going to have an easier schedule because you don't have to play Bama, LSU, Auburn, A&M every year. So, it's going to be interesting. Uh, but three and six is what you need to know. And Texas and Oklahoma, come on down, 2024. It, college football is going to be so different in 2024. Okay. It, it, the whole thing changes. I got a question. Shoot. And this is not SEC related. All right. We're going back to NFL. If <laughs> I was it, on a college football role. I, 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 I have nothing to add because you covered everything so well. <laughs> I was going to ask you about the three and six because I saw your tweets, so you already covered it. Um, <laughs> the Big Ten should do it too, by the way. Let me ask you a question. If I told you that, okay, your quarterback – has over the course of his contract 
or the course of his career, if you tie yourself to this quarterback for the course of his career, that the, I guess the uh, the prime of his career, only had a 17.6% chance to ever make it back to the Super Bowl. Are you paying him, on average, $50 million a year? The, 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 essentially the going rate for the next big quarterback yeah, deal? the going rate for what they've said that they're probably going to have to pay Jalen Hurts. Uh, I mean, Jalen Hurts was barely, like, this time last year? The Eagles fans were like torn on Jalen Hurts. I like, don't you think that time? I don't think he deserves that deal because it's essentially only six of 34, right? Six of 34 have made it. And that's been since 1990, right? Well, Jim Kelly, the last, that, one, to the last one to do it was yeah. in 1990. So we're talking about 20, 30 something years. Burrow was very close. Yeah. 30 year. something years. Uh, being very close does not count. No, it doesn't. Horseshoes and hand grenades. Yeah. To ask Peyton Manning about that. Uh, 30 something years. Right, I mean, like it's, I this is I, data you cannot ignore. I, I think it's funny. Like, I think it matters with Hertz because I think he's more roster dependent and, yeah. and scheme dependent. But it doesn't I, I matter. With it, I don't think it matters as much with Burrow. Okay, I agree with that. that I just wondered where you're at on this whole because everybody's talking about. Uh, I saw this thing where like the top five quarterbacks under thirty. You know, content's already yeah. dried up for some people, and you know, Burrow <laughs> wasn't even in the top five. Oh god, that's ridiculous. And yeah, that's but Hertz was? Hertz was number two. Oh, Jesus, right behind now, Andrew Mahomes. Now, to be fair to Jalen Hurts, which I have not I, – I always really think he's been a great guy. I think yeah. the way he's handled his career is extraordinary. He's one of the few people that can make Philadelphia likable. I love Jalen Hurts, the person, um, and like how he's handled himself and carried himself throughout his career. He scored the game-winning touchdown, what would have been the game-winning touchdown in the national championship game as a true freshman. Deshaun Watson came back and scored that touchdown. He did score the game-tying touchdown and two-point conversion – in the Super Bowl with three minutes to go. Yeah, running the so like he's, a, he's great running the ball from two yards out. He, <laughs> I mean, 35 points in the Super Bowl with three minutes to go. Jalen Hurts did that for yeah. you. You were three minutes from the Super Bowl, a Super Bowl championship, and maybe a holding call away from, from going into overtime. It, it that's pretty damn close to not pay the guy. Okay. I'm, I'm I also acknowledge the risk in paying him because, because he's not you a pay, true... okay, so you're paying him because it's that's what the Man. reports are. Fifty million dollars a year on average, okay? Now it does not really matter in the big scheme of things, your cap percentage or anything like that. Yeah. But you're talking about a defense that's largely been paid for that you're probably not going to have you're gonna struggle to pay. Right, you're going to replace some of those pieces. Uh, and Fletcher you got to Brandon Graham eventually have yeah. to go somewhere. <laughs> and and then you're talking about your homegrown offensive players leaving as well. You're talking about <sighs> offensive linemen retiring, moving situations. AJ's I mean, under contract for a huge. Amount not going to have the second easiest schedule every year. Oh, He's man. not polished as a passer, even though this was his best passing game I've seen from Jalen Hurts. But like, he also stands, is that only going to be in, there and has a lot of time? Yeah. So, like, in the state I, of no, the I'm NFL makes you, a really – the state – what I'm saying is no offense to Jalen Hurts. Right. The state of the NFL makes it really hard. What's baked into the DNA of the NFL is going to make it really hard for the Eagles with Jalen Hurts' as quarterback. To, and it's not because of Jalen Hurts. It's because of how the, the yeah. other teams get better, other teams improve. It's going to be really hard, especially if you lose both coordinators, for the Eagles to sustain the, success. The best way I could try to like sum it up quickly in like my head and how I'm trying to organize it in yeah. my head is that there's there's two ways to like he he is not a top tier quarterback, mm -hmm. but he's but he's there's a chance he gets paid like a top tier quarterback because you can't let your guy leave. Yeah, and and that's kind of to your point about like. If you have a guy, you kind of have to pay. It's almost him. like you you soft reset. Like in my mind, I'm almost thinking that the yeah. better strategy for these teams Damn. is to just do a soft reset and let someone else overpay for a quarterback that you know is statistically likely never to get you back to a Super Bowl. 
Like it's just one data. in five, one in five chance, seventeen percent. It's almost one in five. There's a one in five chance he gets you back, but at fifty million, yikes. Yeah, I'm rooting for him. Yeah. Uh, but I man, mean, I have no, man. I have no, I know the limitations of Jalen Hurts as a passer. Yeah, love him as a player. Yeah, it, it, I, I mean, it's hard not to root for the guy on uh, several different things, but it's just the state of the NFL. And, I, I just, yeah, I just yeah, find yeah. it curious because, like, I agree, Joe Burrow, you pay. Like even Justin Herbert, you would pay yep. because he hasn't lost you a Super Bowl yet. He hasn't got you there. And, well, just in a and their Rivers skills situation. are different. Their skills are just so yeah. different. Like they're just different skills than. Like even uh, Lamar Jackson still hasn't gotten you the Super Bowl. I, I would definitely pay Lamar Jackson. You wouldn't. You I wouldn't? would. Oh, see, I think Lamar's like Jalen. They're very. I think Lamar's. I mean, they're very limited. I think Lamar's better th- passer than Jalen Hurts. Ooh. That's a hot. I think that's kind of a hot really? take. I think so. I think Jalen Hurts is a better. I guy. would think that most I people have would never, agree with me. I have never thought Lamar Jackson was a, a championship caliber passer. I, I think he is. I think. Well, I guess it depends on. And then now we're getting to like a holy yeah, we different right, conversation. Want to keep going? <laughs> Just keep but, going. Uh, Look how beautiful it I think, is. I think, I think for the the most part, I think it depends <laughs> on what you view was. The reason why Greg Roman ran the offense was that he did. Did he run it because yeah, that's just, just how he always runs it, or does he run it because he thinks that Lamar Jackson has limitations? I just think if you think, if you or anyone thinks that Jalen Hurts is limited relative to the top quarterbacks in the NFL as a passer, I don't know how you can't say the exact. You ha- you have to say the well, exact. Well, I don't thing think he's Jackson. an elite passer or anything, Lamar Jackson. But I do. Think, he also gets hurt way more than the six hundred yeah, pound yeah. squat guy with huge thighs. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Um, but that's also how long is that going to last with his play style? Now I agree Th- these two. With, guys, those I yeah. think they are both very they're, much they're very team similar dependent. to me. Yeah. But I do think that Lamar Jackson has shown a tendency to elevate the best that to his. I think he okay. does a really good job elevating talent, right. where the talent is really like just complete garbage around him on the offense. That's true. I th- I think Hurts, though, there's also an intangible element with Hurts that I don't think Lamar Jackson has. I think the leadership and the I would room agree with that. And like the, you know, the 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 carrying people and lifting them up emotionally, yeah. mentally, psychology. I think I, all that. I, I do I agree Hertz, with that. I think Jalen Hurts is one of the best leaders in the yes, league. And that's yes. why I, I wanted the Titans to draft Jalen Hurts because I felt that way about him. Well, he would fit in this system pretty well, but yeah. it would fit with Arthur Smith and A.J. Brown. Yeah, not Todd Downing. <laughs> not Todd Downing and Nick westbrook We love you, NWI. Uh, all right, that's just about does it for us, folks. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed the Super Bowl. I enjoyed it a little too much. Uh, Zach, I'm Braden. Of course, we've got the beautiful Pharmacy Beer Garden back here. Uh, and uh, the beer you got the Burger Parlor, the Beer Garden. It's awesome. It's a beautiful day. Come on out all week. Great burgers. They got the new pork, bu- the pork burger there, which is like a brat burger with like ham and stuff on it. It's delicious. Best mustard in town. Got great locally sourced beers. And of course, the Casey Group. Check out Thursday's episode. We did an entire long form discussion about Tim Kelly and the offensive scheme and what it's going to look like for the Titans. And we did it at a Kingston Group house over in Hillwood, which is fantastic and gorgeous. So go check that out uh, as well. We do appreciate all your support. Turn on those notifications. Rate, review, subscribe. We didn't even talk about Mike Vrabel only interviewing like six in-house candidates. That's what he claims. That's what he claims. <laughs> we'll get to that on Thursday. I we, got a lot, that. we got a lot of Maybe talk. Maybe I'll just do it on Football and Other Airports. We got tune, a, in tomorrow. Yep, tune in to Football and Other Airports, all the other great shows from 440 Sports, Broadway Sports Media, and of course all the YouTube pages as well. Thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. This has been a football show.